CC Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing, and playing podcast. We're back. Yep. Ah, we made it to another episode. Episode 26, right? According to my notes, that is correct. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I've survived it. I, I was sick yesterday. I'm going to see how well I can do today. Gross. Yeah, I had some kind of like a heat exhaustion yeah. going so on. So if halfway through this episode, it just starts being me talking, it's because Ryan passed out. <laughs> I might get a little woozy and just pass out. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. But yeah, guys, it's, it's summer. It's hot. Drink drink plenty of water. Yeah. Don't get sick like I did. Well, you are also like out at Salvage, right? Yeah, I was out at a at Salvage Custom working on a furniture thing for my baby. Yeah, and, and uh, it's no air conditioning out there. So no. out, out in El Cajon inland, where it's real hot. Yeah, and I was probably wasn't drinking enough water, and I was doing a lot of physical activity that I don't normally do. So I think I just pushed myself a little too hard. And yesterday, all my joints hurt. I couldn't sweat. I felt real weak, had a headache. It was a bad scene for me. And now today, I uh, can't stop sweating. Gross. All I'm doing is sweating, and it's disgusting. <laughs> Speaking of sweating, um, and this is completely random. Uh huh. Have you ever had Korean barbecue? Like in a <laughs> Korean barbecue restaurant? Where is this going? So we, we, yeah, it's I've, going nowhere. I have had Korean barbecue in a Korean barbecue like we restaurant. Went, we went to this place yesterday that was. Um, all you can eat Korean barbecue lunch. Okay. And like they just have a list of like 15 meats. And you just say like, oh, bring me the beef bulgogi or whatever. Sure. And, uh, and the only like they had one town that I was kind of like not ethnic, I guess, was was just an, an Italian sausage. Uh-huh. But they would bring it to you and they had like they have like the fire pit or whatever on the table and you just cook your food there. Nice. Yeah, it was weird. I've never eaten there before and it's like sixteen bucks. So basically you bring a twenty, you drink water and you you're done. Dude, is, is it just like they keep bringing you meat sort of deal? Or? Yeah, it's all you can eat. Really? Um, but it's all meat. Like basically the only vegetable is um like kimchi or like yeah, broccoli. That's the way to go. Yeah, just but uh, it was kind of weird. Like I've never been to a place like this. Uh huh. I mean, I've and, had Korean uh, barbecue cool. at, at places, but it's not. This sounds like you're cooking your own meat. Yeah. No, you are. You are. That's, nev- that's I, neat. The only other, I mean, but they bring it to you already all like seasoned and yeah, yeah. So the you know the beef bulgogi has already been marinated, or you can just get like some other kind of meats that are just like the cuts that. Sure. kind of like short rib or something yeah like that. The, so like these cuts are kind of like ethnically specific sure that you don't see in other culture food stocks um yeah super good and it was this place over in uh down in claremont so i mean okay sure of course it's almost like of course of course i mean, sense, I mean well it's either going to be in claremont or it's going to be in city Heights. in the middle of white bread san diego or that yeah. it's going to be like in the middle of like a strip mall in poway or something like no that. this this one was like a legit like <laughs> right very nice 
I have to go check that Very out. Specific. You're so. listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the Korean barbecue yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. I, like I said, <laughs> it was just this totally random thought. Sure. I mean, I just thought about it because you're talking about being sweaty, and I was like, "What did I do yesterday?" I was like, "Oh, got it, sweaty in it, Korean it, barbecue." It got kind of hot in there because yeah. you know you I got mean, an open flame, yeah, like right Nick, like on your table. You're eating all that salty meat. Oh man, it was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, should we move on to ads? Yeah, let's move on to now ads. that we've rambled for a while. Uh, so yesterday was was. I uh, had an interesting Craigslist experience right off the bat. I uh, I woke up and I started looking at Craigslist first thing in the morning, like I right. always do, because uh, why not? And there was a Boss DM3 delay up on Craigslist, and it said for $50. And we've talked about these before. Yeah. About how expensive they are now because there's this vintage and people are seeking them out. Well, and this, but- Vintage analog delay. Right. Well, the DM3 is not too bad. The sure. DM2 is the one that's really insane. I mean, the DM3 is still pretty bad, though. Yeah, it's like the... I think it's like 150, 200. Yeah, there's, the D, so, there's the some DM2 on eBay. is like 300 plus. Yeah, this, there's some on eBay that have gone for 250 plus. Yeah. Uh, but still, $50, I was like right off the bat thinking... This is a scam. There's no way this is legit. Right. What is the angle on this? I like, I uh, I pulled up the person's phone number from the ad and I googled it, and they had like a couple other Craigslist ads going back a few years. Right. So I was like, oh, maybe it's not a scam. And then I posted it to the the uh, to to the Facebook group for Sixty Cycle Hum. And right away, was it was it Isaac who jumped yeah, on? Yeah, Isaac's like, oh, it's been sold. Yeah, Isaac, who lives in another state, yeah, called this lady up and was like, oh, ship it to me and I'll send you money for it right now. And so she was like, okay, add down, whatever. She takes the ad down. Like 10 minutes later, Isaac's like, oh, it sounds like. Uh, her husband figured out how much they're worth, and now she's not going to sell it to me. Right. <laughs> and I, before uh, he had posted that, I had actually, and before I knew that he was trying to get it, I like got off my seat and decided I've got to call on this. So I called her. She didn't answer her phone, so I sent her a text. Uh, like five minutes after Isaac posted that it wasn't going to happen anymore, she texted me back and gave me the rundown right and i had like this long text conversation with her uh about the pedal and about how much it's probably worth <laughs> and i was like talking her down it sounded like her husband was pretty po'd that <laughs> she was trying to sell it for so cheap so like what was the deal like why was she selling this at all i haven't that's this the thing that i was afraid to ask i was afraid to ask like oh how'd you get this pedal like if they had stolen it or something. Right. Well, because it just sounded like in the ad, the ad, uh, what does she say in it? Like, oh, I mean, who we knows? Gave they, it, they might my, have randomly bought it at a garage yeah, sale. It was or like something. my neighbor tested it or something. Yeah. Like, I'll have the ad right here. It says, ask my neighbor to try it. He said it works. I know it's vintage and pink. Call or text if interested. Thanks. Yeah. So they picked this up from somewhere random and then they're trying to sell it. Maybe it's the sort of thing they found it hiding in their apartment when they moved in or their house right. or whatever. It was. In the wall, <laughs> like someone trapped a delay pedal in the wall for some reason. Yeah. But uh, it was just kind of a wild thing to have first thing in the morning yesterday. But uh, she ended up taking it down, and she's reposted it. You said like one seventy five. So it's funny because I swear when I clicked on the ad, like the one you printed out is fifty bucks, uh-huh. which is probably the one that like most of the people in the group saw. Sure. 
when I saw it, I swear it was a hundred. Huh. And so I was like, what's the big, like, why would you think this is a scam? In fact, I think I even posted in the comments, like, why would this be a scam? A hundred bucks. That's like within the eBay range. It's at the bottom of the eBay sure. range. But if you're trying to sell fast, like it's in the eBay range. Sure. I would not say that like a hundred dollars is a good deal, but I wouldn't feel like I was cheating somebody to buy that, to buy that pedal at a hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, like I wouldn't feel like I'm ripping off the seller. Cause I, I mean, I rarely feel like I'm ripping off the seller, but I definitely wouldn't in this case. Right. Right. Um, and then later it got relisted for two twenty five. Yeah, and then today uh, it's up again for one seventy five. So they're just going to keep fidgeting with the price until someone grabs it. It's I guess. bizarre because it's like what what day did you post this? Like thir- was it yesterday? Thir- yesterday, yeah, yesterday morning. So typically, like if I'm selling something, I lower the price like once a week or maybe once yeah. every two weeks, you sit depending. On it. Depending, and once I hit a bottom line, I just stay there. The idea of like changing the price point of something i'm trying to sell like six times in 24 hours because <laughs> didn't you say like it was originally at 50 and then it was like 80 yeah i like i said i swear i saw it at 100 so maybe it went like 50 well she told me that she originally posted it at 80, oh, and, 80. Then, and then changed it to 60 and then changed it to 50 and and that's when a couple people started calling right I wonder if, like, maybe her then her husband was like, "Oh, put it for more," so she put it for a hundred. Uh, who knows? It sounds like they're so fidgety with the price. Yeah. Like, what's going on over there? I kind of want. I kind of wish I had asked what the deal was. Maybe like they're trying to just sell stuff real quick to right get some cash in their pocket or whatever. Maybe this is like a pedal that he bought when he was a guitarist and you know the 80s or something and he had it in a box and she's mad at him because he's got just boxes of his stuff from his youth everywhere it's so possible I, i've to, heard of people doing sell that all this guitar stuff because you yeah. don't even play guitar anymore and so he doesn't know what anything is worth and so they're just they're just getting rid of you know random pedals and right cables and stuff like that i don't know we're just coming up with scenarios it's just, here it's just it's weird and every once in a while you see something like this on craigslist and it's just weird. Yeah. That's all I can say. <laughs> all right. What's the other ad over there? Who sent right. that to us? Uh, so we got this ad from Adam Rohrer, who lives near York, PA. And this is for a pro play guitar holder. Guitar. Couldn't be bothered to spell guitar. Actually, oh, no. He finally does spell it correctly. Maybe that's what it's called. Maybe it's guitar. Maybe that's why I couldn't yeah, Google maybe. it. Anyway, it says professional stage guitar holder makes it easy to use two guitars at once. Paid six hundred and fifty dollars will sell for three fifty. Um, so actually, the reason Adam sent this to us is because this ad uh, actually had a back and forth on. I saw that back and forth on the on their local on Craigslist. The, yeah, on the local Craigslist. Um, let me see if the second if the response is still up. Yeah. So basically, what this is is like imagine a music stand kind of frame, but at the top of it, instead of a music stand, there's a device for clamping in an acoustic yeah. guitar. Yeah. These and so are... if you're on stage and you're playing one guitar, but you need to drop like a you know like a classical nylon part real quick or like a dreadnought part, you've got this guitar off to the side that's already standing up. You just walk up behind it and and do your thing for you know part of a song and then you can walk away and play the guitar that's hanging around your neck yeah these things were super popular um in the 80s like with a lot of like 
like every you know all of these arena rock bands and butt rock and whatever like hair metal bands they all had you know extreme had their more than words to go along with all of the metal they were playing right right and so for that one maybe that's a bad example of a song but like a lot of bands like that they would have like an acoustic part in the middle of like a metal song yeah and so the guitar player would have this acoustic guitar set up on a stand they just run out and play it um so this was the response it says uh these sell for $299.99, $299.99 new. Just look them up. Do a Google search. Don't let this man rip you off. Multiple companies companies offering them uh, for that price. Don't fall prey to people like this. Um, and this was in... Um, this was a, a response on Craigslist. We don't see these in San Diego as much as we used no, to. No, it used to be all the time. No, but, not. yeah, used to, you'll see these things. Every once in a while, you'll see something where someone lists something for a ridiculous price, and someone else will call them out on yeah. it on the public forum. I've done it a couple times. Yeah, me too. Where you do, um, like, a regarding, like regarding yeah. this ridiculous ad. So this one was... This guy. The funny thing with this one is there's the initial ad for asking for six... Or for... I guess for three hundred, uh, said they paid six fifty. Then this guy responds and says, "You can get these for three hundred new." And then the original guy replied and says, um, "And I'm a little confused at the wording." It says, "For the record, yeah, kind of rough." For the record, I have one for sale in Harrisburg, and then there's a gap. It says, "Dude, you're misunderstanding something." Yes. The price is outrageous. Total ripoff. But if you want a $50 stand, you can find one. The difference between his, mine, and the $50 one is obvious if you see them side by side. Oh, so apparently there maybe there were multiple professional guitar stands sure. for sale in this area. Because it sounds like this is actually a third person because he's saying his, mine... Right. And the $50 one. I mean, the way it's worded is really rough. It's yeah. hard to understand what's going he on. He said it's obvious if you see it side by side, which is something you can't do via 33 kilobyte JPEG. Of course not. Please stop saying things like numerous companies offer. Why pay 30K for a used car when you can buy a new car for 10K, right? Um, yeah. I, why, I'm not following this guy. I mean, I get what he's saying, but he's basically claiming like, my guitar stand is top of the is line is the mercedes bands of guitar stands the one that's $60 or even the one that's $300 right is like the kia of guitar stands how good does it need to be so this like, is, in the picture it just looks like it's made out of the same stuff as a music stand really like it doesn't like i can't imagine that there's a feature of it that is so impressive that i don't even understand much. why it's three hundred dollars i'm looking at it going i'm looking at the, the well the legs on it there it looks like uh everything up until you get to the part where the guitar is attached looks like a cymbal stand for drums yeah totally um i mean you could probably buy a cymbal stand and then i'd, I'd hope that you could just buy that connector at the top yeah it's uh it's a little weird um but I don't know. Uh, so the guy goes on, and let me. My phone is not behaving. 
<laughs> this is the part where that all the other podcasts edit out where we just keep oh, talking. We'll just, yeah, we'll just leave this. Yeah, you know, this is high quality podcast editing entertainment. Is for, editing is for suckers. Yeah. Well, you know, we're spending money on all that expensive digital tape. We just don't want to throw yeah. it in the trash. Okay, so he says, in the 80s, when I bought mine, I put a $1,200 guitar in it. <laughs> what? Do you have a $1,200 guitar? Do you have a $1,200 guitar adjusted for inflation to show today's monetary equivalent, which is easy, $2,500? And then the big question, would you put a $2,500 guitar on a $50 stand and then walk away? Um... So, I mean, if the $50 stand is sound and works, you know, is there going to be that big of a difference? I don't know. I haven't seen these things in person. Yeah. But that's it, like, I, I just find the analogy a little insane. Like, yeah. I bought a $1,200 guitar in 1980. Would you put a $2,500? I'm like, no, dude, your $1,200 guitar in 1980. It's still a $1,200 guitar. Yeah. Guitar like, prices haven't changed that I understand that much. what he's trying to say. Well, I'm actually trying to get the stupid calculator to work right now. but um, I understand what he's trying to say. But the reality is the used values for uh, guitars, you know, there's not... They don't, they don't track inflation. Yeah. They do. Uh, I mean, after a certain point, they'll jump inflation. Um, so actually, a twelve what cost you twelve hundred dollars in nineteen eighty would cost three thousand three hundred forty one dollars in twenty thirteen. Um, I mean, depending on what it was, so. sure. And and that's the thing is like when I think of like a twelve hundred dollar guitar in nineteen eighty or nineteen eighty five, like generally when I think of the seventies and eighties, I just don't think of acoustic guitars. I'm sure like Martin was probably oh, sure. still making. There's a, a lot of ovations back then. Yeah, and I think that's the problem. Uh, ovation was like that was the mainstay acoustic guitar at the time. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, I mean, the Takamini was a big brand back then. Yeah, but Takamini was a big brand because they were making Martin copies. Yeah. Um. So I I don't know. Like I, everything about this guy's the this guy's like re- rebuttal it just seems a little insane. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like that's fair market value for. Yeah, that and it's like, oh, would you? I mean, I don't know a lot about it either. Would though. you put your Would you put your twelve hundred dollar guitar on a fifty dollar stand? Well, you put your twelve hundred dollar guitar in a fifty dollar case. Yeah, or you put your so, you put your twelve hundred dollar guitar in your worthless hands. Oh, no. <laughs> snap! And, and I mean, and realistically, um, the bigger question: is, Would I, you put a twelve hundred dollar guitar against a twelve dollar T shirt? I mean, you've got to wear oh my god a nine hundred dollars shirt if you've got a, a if you've got a twelve hundred dollar guitar. Do they sell nine hundred dollar t shirts? Oh, I'm sure. So made out of like, uh, what's that? What's that sh- wool that they get? That's uh, they can only harvest it like once every five years because they harvest it from like the belly of a goat that lives in like the Tibetan mountains. I have no idea. Oh, what is it called? It doesn't take a lot to make expensive clothes. You just have to trick rich people. And just put a big price tag on it. If your wife wasn't asleep, she would be able to answer that question. What a nine hundred dollars shirt is. What this wool like? Oh. What this, uh, Don't look it up. Who cares? Oh, Let's man. move on it's to the next ad. Me. All right, we've got uh, an ad, that, ad that Jimmy Smith sent us. Yes, uh, Jimmy Junior. Uh, this is from. This was on Reverb, right? 
Uh, yeah. Uh, it's you looking at it. It's almost like an Etsy sort of deal. Uh, but it is a handmade guitar slash bass hanger walnut. It is a uh, basically someone took some deer antlers yeah. and turned them around real funny and mounted them on a piece of wood so that you could put a guitar, like hang a guitar headstock on it. It doesn't look like this. It looks like this would only work for a Fender Strat style headstock. The way the antlers are placed, you couldn't. I don't think you could put a Telecaster or even a three by three arranged uh headstock yeah it's really it's a really because it's a thing the the antlers are offset the thing that i think about when i look at this is is uh yeah the it looks kind of neat when there's a guitar in it but then if there wasn't a guitar in it people would just see these antlers and they're kind of like turned out really funny right and people will be like, whoa, what kind of like mutated deer did you get? Yeah. That the antlers are like that. How yeah, much does it's, it uh, It's a thing. It's only for 35 bucks though, plus That's $17 shipping. I mean, if you're looking for a source for cheap antlers for crafts, that might be a good good way to go. But I don't know. Part of it is really cool to me. Part of it is really dumb. I think it would have to be in the right room. I think uh, when Jimmy sent it, he said that someday if he ever has a hunting slash music room, then that's what it would be. Yeah. I think you would need that combination of aesthetic. You'd need to have like guitars hanging on one wall, guns hanging on another wall, you know, taxidermy on another wall, and like a great why big not just like, go, green leather chair. Why not just go full bore taxidermy, like taxidermy... Th- themed stand and instead of mounting like two antlers like one on each side of this guitar Uh just take some small game like some like take a couple squirrel heads or something and put them close enough to each other that you can hang a guitar off yeah or you get you kill yourself a whole bear like a gigantic grizzly bear and you have the taxidermist pose them in a way that you can put your guitar in his paws yeah and it'll look like the bear is playing guitar now I'm how you, rad would that you, be? You just said kill yourself a whole bear. Oh, kill the whole Can bear. Can you like kill less than a whole bear? You could kill the bear's soul or spirit. You would that not him. kill the physical aspect of the bear? Yeah, also? I guess you would need to kill the physical. Well, what you could do is you could kill the physical bear, and then left over there would be a ghost bear. Right. And you wouldn't kill the ghost You'd bear. You'd leave the ghost bear alone. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now this all makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it makes total sense now. I get it. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, don't kill the ghost bear. Kill the ba- the body of the bear, right? And then put a guitar in the paws of the dead bear's uh, paws. Brilliant, yeah. yeah. And then the ghost well, bear you, if, can if you, visit you. If you leave the ghost intact, then maybe the ghost can play the guitar. So yeah. the bear will be playing. The bear's spirit will be playing the guitar that is being held by its own body. Or, what's more likely is that the ghost bear will just forage for berries and nuts around your property. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> not a terribly spooky animal can ghost bears attack people the way real bears can um probably which bear well here's that's not the real question can ghost bears attack people the way real ghosts do right and that you have to combine those two questions okay and it's like a venn diagram and in the middle it's either a yes or a no which bear is best (laughs) which what is the best bear no which bear is best 
Some of our listening audience will get that joke, and the rest of them will just think <laughs> I, I'm mental. I'm I'm in the room with you, and I think you're mental. Okay, let's what are, move on. What are you talking about? It's a it's a it's a it's a pop culture reference. Which bear? Which is bear best? is best? And just let's move on. Yeah, I don't want. If I explain it, the magic is the magic. Any magic there might be. <laughs> Will cease to exist. <laughs> okay, let's move on. My to wife our topic. will listen to this and she'll think it's hilarious. Okay, I'm glad someone will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so for topics, we're going to talk about uh, some heroes and influences. Yeah. Um, so this week on Friday, this week, uh-huh. uh, Tommy Ramone from the Ramones, uh, I guess, died. He had like bile duct cancer i guess which i don't it doesn't sound happy no uh and um so it got me thinking like something was like the last surviving ramon right i don't know or Didi and johnny yeah johnny i think so i'm not huge on the ramones like i'm not i don't know a lot about the ramones um i think they're all gone now yeah so so this topic him him dying him passing being the drummer and i guess he was a producer as well Uh um it got me thinking about like just kind of how almost we're kind of coming up i guess in a sense like on the tail end of kind of like a a very seminal stage of music i feel like where it's like for i mean even like a lot of bands now that are coming out now when you say, Oh, what are your what are your musical influences? They're gonna be like, Oh, the Beatles. Well, half the Beatles are dead. Yeah. Half? Yeah, half the Beatles are dead. Half the Beatles are dead. And uh, you know, now like a lot of like a lot of stuff I listened to back in the day, like pop punk and ska, like a lot of those bands would say, Oh, we were influenced by the Ramones. Sure. And now I apparently all those guys are dead. Yeah. And like a lot of these bands that people look back on and are saying like these are our like main influences. Uh, these bands that were kind of like pioneering bands in their genre and style, someone's going to be like the Ramones were a pioneering band. It was the New York Dolls or whatever. Goes, sure. Whatever. Whatever. Who cares? Uh, That's yeah. a personal, personal. So um, anyway, so I thought it would be cool to kind of talk about like what we have as musical influences. I know for myself, like the Ramones aren't a band that I ever got super into. Sure. But like I said, like, listening to a lot of like pop punk and skate punk stuff in the late 90s i know a lot of the bands i was listening to were very ramones influenced sure so um well what what would you say do you have anyone who's an influencer like a hero for you that is dead now that you could think of uh, off the top of your head i don't know that my problem is like i just don't there's not like any guitar hero type sure people that i really like i listen to like like, oh that was really cool um i think just at first straight playing like i've always been uh people go on and on about like oh these good like this guitar player is really good this guitar player is really good i'm always challenging people to go back and listen to uh like les paul recordings from the 60s yeah totally chet atkins recordings from the 60s um, and then as a Telecaster guy, uh, like Buck Owens record- recordings from the 60s, uh-huh. uh, because these were all guys that were doing like very like virtuoso style playing things that 
I feel like if you were to take like a Chet Atkins recording and then like turn the gain way up, you'd have like eighties oh, like, metal. Yeah, it'd be like shredder metal. Yeah, it's like just because he's playing like these ridiculous like jazz and country licks, uh-huh. and it's all clean. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, same thing with Les yeah. Paul. Like he exactly. Yeah, you listen to his like a uh, like World War Two era stuff, and it's crazy fast. Yeah, and yeah. that was before he got into messing around with. Uh, you know, like multi-track recording, right? He would just like just as like a player, just be ripping, ripping, ripping. It was nuts. Like there wasn't a single note he missed. He hit every single note, and then yeah. he got you know later into the multi-track stuff and would do weird things with time modulations before anyone else was doing that sort of stuff. Like he would go back and play the same parts like ten times, right? But each time, change the uh, the key by changing the speed of the tape in the playback. Yeah. And so you'd have these really bizarre sounding kind of tones come through, but he would hit them all at the same time. So it sounded like a single note that was being played on like a 15 string instrument. I'm going to throw this one out there. This was a couple years ago since you're, and this is actually way kind of, I feel like it's off the wall. Sure. But I think a lot of, a lot of people can appreciate this. I'm going to go with, um, MCA from the BC Voice. Wow. Was that a couple of years ago? I felt like that was, was last two, year. 2012. Oh. And uh, not so much like I don't... The BC Boys don't really influence me musically. But okay. I think kind of the aesthetic they've, they go for and what they've done since then, like they've always been pretty protective of their music. Uh-huh. And I feel like they've, at least from what I've seen, they've been really even-handed with like their enforcement of his wishes like basically they didn't want their music to be used for like commercial sure. enterprise or for like promoting movies and stuff yeah that's all going to go um, out the window the moment they're all dead yeah oh Again, yeah if they're you know if their state is handed off to someone else but you know hopefully, well, that's why i'm going to i'm going to get guys, a lot of money and i'm going to buy up there now i'm, I'm yeah. making myself sound like a huge bc boys fan hopefully the other two survive for a long time uh, right. So well, that, they're, so they're that by the time that, so by the time that they're dead, that their music won't be relevant anymore. And that won't I don't happen. <laughs> I mean, every every disaster movie would can probably find a way to use sabotage. Oh, sure. Yeah. Or every uh, crime movie or yeah. action movie. Every uh, every teen teen party film can use "Fight for Your Right to Party." Yep. Yep. Absolutely. There's a lot of a uh, there's a yeah. lot of ways to use Beastie Boys music yeah. commercially. We're every, just waiting for them to pass every away. Every slapstick romantic comedy <laughs> can use girls. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, okay. <laughs> that took a weird turn. Um Yeah, a lot of my influences are still alive. Um Musically, I don't know. I listen to like a lot of delay heavy stuff, but not in sure. I th- and so I think as a guitar player, like that's why I tend to gravitate towards, but not so much in the sense of like I don't listen to U two. I'm not a big fan of like the Edge, right? But again, like I'm sure a lot of the bands that I listen to would be like we're all about U two, but then they decided to apply that like delay, that dragged out kind of delay sound to like more melodic like a more yeah. melodic application that's all over everything these days yeah oh yeah yeah for me like well someone i did get to see uh i got to see link ray before he died and he's like he's oh, yeah? been a huge influence on kind of my my deal as far as like instrumental rock and kind of garage rocky sort of stuff i got to see him play 
uh, I think like three or four months before he passed away. And that was kind of wild because he, he was like in his seventies or eighties, I think. Right. And he, he's, you know, like an old time greaser. Like he's known for wearing like black leather jackets, greased back hair and, you know, black right. jeans yeah. and stuff like the whole, the whole like greaser sort of thing. And it was crazy to see him come out on stage still doing all that stuff. <laughs> But with like a long gray ponytail. Right. And uh, he's got a leather fanny pack around his waist that you can tell has like all his pills in it a and leather stuff. Fanny pack. And uh, he had like a his nurse with him or like his his girlfriend or something, or I'm not sure what her role was. It was his maybe it was both. Maybe both, but she was like helping him get on and off the stage. Jeez. Uh and uh, like basically taking care of him, but he was so he was so old, but he still just ripped it to pieces, and it was so loud, and it was so heavy. Where did you see him at? I saw him at the Casbah. Oh, okay, and the Casbah is crazy because that stage doesn't have stairs up to it. It's like well, there's two stairs, but each one is like a foot and a half tall. Right. So he had a hell of a time getting on stage and getting off of stage. But it was just a trip to see him, and then so so soon after that he passed away. Right, like that's if when I think about you know, you know heroes and influences that are gone for me, that's it's top of the list. Yeah, I mean, there's been a bunch of people who have passed away. I mean, Lou Reed passed away this year, right? And I've, so this year, or like late last year, I think or it was like, like early this year. Yeah, I'm not going to look it up. It was recent, and I was you know a big fan of the Velvet Underground. Right. All those songs. Um, who else was there? I wrote down some names that you found. Uh, Pete Seeger's gone. Oh, yeah. Bob, too, from Devo passed yeah. away this year. The drummer of... De- uh, one of the original drummers. Uh, so, sad to see that guy gone. Yeah. Um, Do you think bands that, like, when a member dies, they should just... Like, at what point... Well, I think it's like Devo's still sure. around. They're, they're still well, Bob working. too hadn't been drumming for them for a long time. Oh, okay. Yeah. He wasn't the current drummer. Uh, I think there's certain bands that can just cannot survive losing a single member. Right. And there's certain bands that they can replace members. It just has to do with if the band is dependent on the core of that personality, you know? Right. Yeah. That's uh, huh. like with us, with your favorite band, I always said that, that we wouldn't survive losing, like replacing one of us. Right. It was so much about our unique personalities and bringing someone else in. They just probably wouldn't get it and it wouldn't be the same sort of thing. But then with other bands I've been in, it's like, yeah, we could probably replace people if we sure. needed to. Uh, I could, you know, they could probably replace me in my band right now. Hey, don't don't give those guys any ideas. I know, right? Um, no, I know what you mean. Well, it's just kind of, it's funny. Like so many, like it's hard to imagine, like the Beatles replacing Ringo, right. right? Or you know something like that. I mean, it could have happened, but you'd rather just, you know, them move on. Yeah, and it's funny how like some bands have done it. Um. Like when Queen, because Queen still does play shows, uh-huh. uh, but they they don't consider the uh, like the replacement for Freddie Mercury to actually be part of the band. So they always tour as like 
sure paul rogers and queen or i think right now it's like adam lambert and queen it's not just queen it's adam lambert and queen like so it's like yeah we got this guy who can sing for us so like you're gonna sing see this guy singing freddie mercury parts but he's not really part of queen yeah and then on the flip side like journey has have you seen the the documentary about the korean guy is he he's a korean is he korean i thought he's filipino uh, he might. Yeah, what, th- whatever, right. I think I think he is Filipino. But um, uh, so he's actually a member of Journey. Yeah, and but that's different though because the the singer of Journey isn't dead. Yeah, he's just, he just doesn't want to play with Journey. Just, <laughs> I won't make too disparaging comments. You can form your own opinion about Steve Perry. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I think sometimes it just depends on who the person is. Um, like I can't imagine. If I, I feel, was if I was in Journey, I'd keep the Filipino guy and not take Steve. <laughs> that if you ever back. so if you ever have a chance, uh, if you haven't already, find the documentaries or like the news articles that have been done about this uh-huh. Journey finding their new singer. The documentary is great. It's incredible. Like my, like my wife doesn't even really like music documentaries when I watch them, and she had a great time watching yeah. this one. It's just such a fantastic story, and the the. This guy is basically like it's the definition he, of rags to riches. Yeah, and, and it's he, like a princess he, story. He does have like great stage presence, but he's so at least like at the time of the making of the documentary, like he was so humble about oh, it. Oh yeah, like to the extent where like they they keep having to tell. Well, at least when they were making it, they were like after every show we have to tell him like you know we're doing another show tomorrow like. You're still yeah. You're still like, in the you band. are you are in journey. You get paid the same amount of money that we get paid. Right. Like we're we equal we're, partners. Yeah, we are all equal partners in this. So it's just it's this really crazy story. I can't. I feel like a band like Aerosmith or the Rolling Stones. I feel like if someone in the Rolling Stones like that's in the current lineup dies, like they just need to stop. Yeah. But I don't know. But they'll probably. I think it depends on who it is. If like Mick dies, or if like Steven Tyler were to die. I have a feeling that they might do like a Aerosmith and situation or a Rolling Stones. Yeah. Rolling Stones with kind of a deal. Well, I think like the, uh, I think the Queen thing is neat because they do get, you know, other people to come in and sing. And it's like, it's more of a tribute where like you can see the original band. You can see Brian May. You can see them play. Right. And then you see someone doing a heartfelt tribute to Freddie Mercury. Right. Where it's not like, oh, we replaced this guy. And, exactly. And, and here we are, the same band. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. Anyway, way off topic. Super <laughs> off topic. Um, I think, uh, so I, when I think about bands that influenced me, like, I guess if I, if I wanted to drop some names... Um, a lot of like um, early two thousands, like I guess Christian music. Sure. But like Christian music, I don't know how it is now because I don't. So much of of Christian music now is like just replicating the praise and worship sound. Yeah. And it's just kind of this insane like CCM. I think of like the what they call CCM Christian contemporary music. Like ten years ago, you had a lot of bands. Now I feel like you have a lot of like worship teams, uh-huh. and it's just kind of weird. Um, 
But like ten, like bands I'm thinking of. But then the worship teams, they've all like super stepped up to be like these big. Oh yeah, they're, stage productions. They're super now. good, and they're these big stage productions, Just like and lasers and fog yeah, machines. Yeah, and they and go stuff. on world tours, and they have these elaborate things. Like it, it's yeah. really crazy. Um, and maybe it's really just Hillsong and Chris Tomlin, but, <laughs> but like the, it's this big elaborate thing and there's a lot of money in it. Um, for me, I, musically, I tend to think about bands like further scenes forever, uh, Copeland, me without you. Like those are the ones that like, yeah, I won't, the, the music I'm making or the music that I play definitely doesn't sound like that, but there's definitely things where. That's the place that where I, you're coming that from. That I think about, like when I'm when I'm trying to rearrange a guitar part, or when I'm like trying to push our worship team, like in a certain like, oh, what do you think about this dynamically or that dynamically? Like a lot of times, like that's the place I'm coming from, or these kind of like, for lack of a better term, I guess it was like these early. Like emo post hardcore band before emo was really a dirty word. Sure, the dirty word that it became. Let's <laughs> <sighs> um, not get you started on. Don't emo. get me started on emo. Uh, now I'm, we're going to get an email from Dougal. Hey, can we get Steve started on emo? <laughs> no, Dougal, we're not going to get Steve started on emo. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's kind of where I'm coming from. And like, I guess a lot of times when I hear new music, that it's funny with new music. When I hear new music I like, it's completely different from that. Sure. Because whenever I hear new music that sounds like that, I just think like, this was 10 years ago. Do yeah. something Do something different. That's true. Do, do something different. Do something that was 20 years ago. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, like the Cage the Elephant song that sounds like it was torn out of like the psychedelic right. like late 60s. Or the Cage the Elephant song that sounds like it was ripped out of the album Doolittle. Yeah, the Pixies. Yeah, or that uh, Bruno Mars song that was really a police song. That <laughs> yeah. Do you have any like? So you're doing? I mean, I could, with Dino, I could... Dino Ghost, like, what do you what do you bring to the table? Like, what are you listening to that influences well, your songwriting for that? Well, for that, that's like a mix of a few old bands with a handful of of modern surf bands which I guess some of them are more rooted in the 80s and 90s like uh, original surf bands like were riff off of uh, Link Ray obviously Dwayne Eddy uh, kind of the basics like uh, like the markets or uh, uh, Hank Marvin and the Arrows or uh, Davey Allen uh, modern stuff you know, it's really easy to see the connection to Manor Astro Man and Shadowy Man on a Shadowy Planet, and then uh, you know, it's, it's there's stuff all over the place. There's that's more like the influences on our sound. Right. Like if I went through a list of people who like bands that I know have had an influence on me because of you know like the early part of me learning to play guitar and stuff, I would probably go like. Uh, Cake. Cake was a huge influence on me. Sure. The Presidents of the United States of America, huge influence. Uh, You know, I came into music when ska was a huge thing. So there's a bunch of ska artists floating around out there that I like. Uh, I've always had a soft spot for kind of like 90s one hit wonder sort of bands. I can't think of any off the top of my head right now, but I have all sorts of stuff floating Uh, around. I'm guessing because I think you. 
because I listen to this band when they put stuff out occasionally, like Harvey Danger. Yeah, I love Harvey Danger. I like a lot of nineties girl rock. Like yeah, uh, Veruca Salt and uh, L Six and uh, and uh, this, you know, you know all that sort of stuff. Can't even think of names right now. <laughs> what, like the breeders, the breeders, uh, totally. Yeah, there's a bunch, but yeah, and a lot of one hit wonders. So it's hard to yeah. Uh, Liz, that Liz kinda, Fair. That kind of ties back to what we were talking about before. Is like, unfortunately, a lot of these girl, like the Breeders, put out a few really good songs. Uh-huh. Veruca Salt had a few really good songs. Yeah, but the industry and and I don't. It's one of these things like, who wags the tail? Uh huh. You know, is our our girl bands? And we like I said, we talked about this. Are these girl bands that were actually really good um, one hit wonders because the industry treats them like novelty acts or because the listeners treat them like novelty acts? Sure. And if the and who generates that? Like, are they treated as novelty acts because the listener is the one generating that idea, or is the fact that there's just so few of them that the industry is basically treating them like novelty acts? Yeah. And so the listener thinks of them that way just because the industry controls how many of them are actually successful. There's something I was thinking about the other day because I really like the band Local H. And I've gotten, I think, pretty much all their albums at this point, unless they've come up out with something in the last two years that I haven't stayed up on or, or whatever, which right. they probably have. But they have so many songs that I think are so great. And there's only one song that ever gets played on the radio. It's, you know, Bound for the Floor. Right. Uh, and I always just wonder why don't they ever pick one of their other songs to put on the radio? No, it's. I'm sure there's a lot of politics involved as far as promoting single songs to get them on the radio. And because they got that one song on the radio during the point where they were relevant, that is going to be the only song that ever gets played. Right. But there's so many other songs that would fit great on the radio from them, and you just never see it. And then, you know, like bands like uh, Camper Van Beethoven and Cracker. Yeah. They each, you know, it's the same guy for both bands uh, writing the songs and singing, but both those bands only got one or two radio hits out of it. Yeah, and it's really weird. And they have such a huge body of work with both bands where all, tons of songs could be radio friendly. Yeah. Like, I don't understand that sort of thing. Because it used, like, I remember in the 90s, and I don't know if you see this a lot now, but it would be like, they would basically play the whole Soundgarden Super Unknown album on the radio. Like, right. I don't think there was a song on there that didn't get played. They would right. play, like, six songs off of Blink-182's album on the radio. It really depends. And, and again, it's a question of, like, who's controlling it. I think... Well, I think with the grunge movement, too, there were so few bands that were actually good that they had to, yeah. they had to mine I, I whole think there's, albums. There's probably some of that, but it's like... For example, and this is this is like the stupidest example. Well, I can't. You know, it's <laughs> it's the idea that like uh, you know an album will produce like three or four singles. Well, who picks those singles? Like, yeah, I've heard about situations where um, where uh, the artist has to like insist to the label like this is what i want for the first single sure sometimes it pays off sometimes it doesn't um but it's like how do it's you just so get, insane how do you even get yourself to the place where you get to decide 
like what song who's deciding oh this song's going to be on the radio because someone out there no, is deciding I, you know I'm I've said this before in other situations not on the podcast I'm convinced that if somebody else was picking John Mayer's singles, uh-huh. our perception of John Mayer would be completely different. Oh, sure. Because the dude is a guitar virtuoso, and it's on... I have his first album, and I've listened to some stuff from his other albums. Uh-huh. But they pick, like, his ballady stuff yeah, that girls the, like. the worst songs, like, for from my perspective, and some of this is my perspective as a musician, uh-huh. um, they're picking, like, his... What, yeah, the songs that are the ballad... The songs... They pick the songs that make the panties drop. Sure. Can we say that on this podcast? I uh, just you just did. did. So. I'm not going to stop uh, you. You know, they pick the songs that I don't I don't know what market segment they're trying to target with John Mayer's music, but they pick the songs that are like very easily accessible. And I think uh and again, like I haven't tracked his career heavily. I thought his John Mayer Trio uh album was really good. Uh-huh. Um, and it's like live and it, it's really good but like from the first album they did like this song they did two or three songs off his first album his first mainstream album uh-huh. that I wouldn't say were representative of it and it's like okay maybe do one song that's un- not representative but then let's uh, like do something different like I think from his first album if they would have had a song like Neon as a single um his career path wouldn't have been as I mean, set as it was. He's not hurting for fans. No, he's not. He's no. not. But I think in a lot of ways, like guitar players hear these like ballad songs that have like this blue, like slow hand, like this sure, sure. Eric Clapton guitar rift in it. Yeah. You know, it's like this slow bluesy thing. And they're like, this guy's just like, like whatever. Like I could play that in my sleep. Yeah. Um, whereas like a song like Neon he's playing and singing the song at the same time and this song is just like Neon just has these crazy rhythm things going on uh-huh. and he like it, it's it's just it's just nuts but instead we get you know your body is a wonderland and all the men in the world vomit yeah um, and all <laughs> and again like all the girls are like oh John Mayer it's funny like a lot of people I know want to compare uh John Mayer to Jason Mraz. Yeah. Because they're both kind of doing this ballady male singer songwriter thing. You could compare their radio hits. Well, and that's exactly my point. Like, they have the same radio hits, but, like, Jason Mraz has a lot more, like, uh, he's much more of an acoustic singer-writer. He has a lot more, like, hip-hop influence. Yeah. John Mayer has a lot more, like, guitar virtuoso blues influence going on. Their albums as a whole couldn't be more different. No, totally. Um, but all we hear is these like piece of crap radio, you know, yeah. singles. Katy Perry's last album had four singles. I probably only needed one or two. I don't know. I don't know what any of their her songs yeah. sound like. Th- this I is, imagine they don't sound that different from each other. Something I adopted a really long time ago. I don't remember what album I got burned on, on uh, because I did this, but. Something I said really, like when I was in high school, um, was that I wasn't going to buy an album unless it could. They could put out two good singles. Wow, um, like two singles where I was like, "This is really cool." 
because that was kind of like my personal measuring stick for consistency. Yeah. That like with one single, like you have no idea what this album sounds like. Sure. With two singles, like well, even with, with two, two singles, singles, you know what one sixth of the album sounds yeah. like. And even then, like it's a, it's a small sample, but like if they do something that like sucks with the first single, and they do something that's really awesome with the second single, then it's kind of like, oh, this is probably just a mediocre album. Sure. This doesn't always pay off for me, but I feel like there are some bands that are really like I. When I look back at like the Foo Fighters as a career, I think they've only put out like two singles in their entire career where I've like, why did you guys put this as out as a single? Yeah, and this is a you know this is a twenty year career for them sure. now. So I, I don't know. Radio stuff is just stupid, but yeah, I mean, there's it's so dismal now. The radio, like, there's. I, maybe it has been always, and just when you're young, you don't notice it as right. much. But it's just, I don't, I drive so rarely that when I do drive, I just put it on the radio because I don't want to deal with hooking up my iPhone or anything like that. And it's just so miserable. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's one of those things, too, where it's like, if you're not, if you're not listening enough to kind of see where trends are going, like, it just yeah. all seems just random. Something drove me nuts the other day. There's like a new Coldplay song out. I haven't heard it. It has just this random uh, uh, EDM breakdown in it. You know, I I think I have heard it. I think I saw them play this live on some show. So like I've heard the new Coldplay and I know like Kyler is going nuts about the new Coldplay. I'm yeah, I don't get it that like I'm not I'm not a Coldplay fan really. But I can listen to other people's music and music that I don't necessarily like and, you know, feel like I have, you know, an honest opinion about it outside of, right. you know, what other fe- what, whatever feelings I have against it. The EDM part or dubstep part in this Coldplay song, it doesn't make any sense. It's literally there only to have that part within a song so that they can sell it to movies and TV and stuff like right. that. Like it's like the song stops and that starts. It has no connection to the rest of it. Weird. It's like a producer just dropped it and they're like, Oh, every song has this. You need to have this. And see like some bands have pulled that off really yeah. well. And, um, that was one of the big things for me that I don't want to call it a struggle. The struggle is real. <laughs> uh, I don't want to call it a struggle. Um, but it's stupid is, um, the first panic at the disco album. The first and second Panic at the Disco albums are like uh-huh. very different. But the first album, uh, they had this song. I don't remember what it was called, um, but uh, excuse me. Steve is drinking beers and burping. Uh, in the middle of the song, they had like they've got the song going, and, and Panic at the Disco is this like pop punk kind of whatever. Uh-huh. Um, they're a Fallout Boy cover band, <laughs> and. Uh, Man, excuse me. This is getting bad. Embarrassing. Uh, so they're this, they're this like pop punk band, whatever. And in the middle of the song, they drop this like techno breakdown. Right. But at the end of the breakdown, they like tie it like so. At, it seems really random, but then there's vocals on top of it, so it kind of ties it to the rest of the song a little. And then they, when they outro from the electronic part, it goes really seamlessly back into right. the song. So it's like you have you have like half of a song, and then this like just breakdown that comes out of nowhere uh-huh. but it at least ties back at the end so you can kind of see like okay this is what they're doing there and it ends up making it really interesting yeah it sounds like with this Coldplay thing like uh what's the guy's name chris martin yeah. chris martin like 
he just I don't know I, I haven't heard it I'm just it's, going going off of what you're describing like listen like you know what Coldplay sounds like yeah. they're kind of mellow and they're moody British they're U2 cover band and kind of you know like uh, you know kind of like melancholy and whatnot right and they're then, less talented Radiohead and this and then this uh, whole EDM part comes in and it's a completely cha- complete change in mood of the song and it doesn't have anything to do with the song. Like it's no, it's not like oh well. Here's, you know, a different, you know, here's here's some more emotional content of the song. Like with a band, like if you've already got a dancey kind of sounding band or high right. energy sounding, sounding band, you can drop stuff like in there, in there, and it it meshes with everything, so it makes sense. Like with someone like Coldplay, it makes even less sense because it's not even in contrast to the original emotion you're pushing in the song it's just it doesn't fit like it's not even a contrast thing it's not like oh i'm sad but you right know, like, right it's weird it's weird but we're, right. we're super off topic yeah no that's and we fine. have been for a while um, um <laughs> let's uh you want to push this into the song yeah let's push it in so, the song we uh talk- let me just say this if you uh hate us and you think our opinions on cold player dumb that's great. Yeah, um, awesome. Join our Facebook group, facebook.com. I don't know, search 60 Cycle Hum. I think it's facebook.com slash group slash 60 Cycle Hum. Yeah, you can find um, it. Send us a, send us some hate mail at 60 Cycle Humcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Send us songs and uh, send us... Yeah, send us a song about how we're dumb and Coldplay is yeah. awesome. We've been getting a lot of emails with ads, which is awesome. So send yeah. us l- lots more ads from your area Craigslist or even stuff you find on eBay or, or Reverb or, or anywhere else. If you live elsewhere in the world and there's an equivalent kind of classified site send us something from that uh it it's great if you can do a screenshot as well as a link yeah because sometimes the links expire there were a couple yeah. ads that we and sometimes there's even ads that like literally by the time we get around to reading the email like at the end of the day yeah the Same ad is already down. down yeah um so are we gonna play this song from andrew we're gonna play a song from <laughs> i just bumped my mic super hard we're gonna play a song from andrew thomas called donate today yeah uh, uh he has like a kickstarter campaign right now yeah it's well it's on fundly.com okay. i don't know what the shorthand is uh but if you search for andrew thomas fundly it'll come up he says i need a new guitar amp and other gear i'm contributing to the local music scene in atlanta help me make some music um i don't he, think the song is gonna help him in his campaign well guys listen so here's the deal with this song this song is is intended to demonstrate how crappy his amp is it's a B- <laughs> b52 at212 it's, okay. it's an old amp uh he says uh, look you probably have some extra dollars lying around right well rather than giving giving that to some jerk with some sob story just give it to me sound desperate maybe whatever <laughs> if somebody can oh hold on i gotta change my accent because he's in georgia if somebody can raise 30 grand to make potato salad on Kickstarter, somebody has to have a tenth of that to flow some cash my way. Shameless? Sure, but at least I'm honest. Do oh, I want to become a rock star? Nah. That's too much work and turn, touring doesn't sound fun. Would I like to have the best slash most unique, lo- unique rig at local shows? You bet you're sweet biffy. But I'll settle for having a functional amp, something tough that won't crap out when there's heat all about. Which my current amp does not satisfy. Don't understand all of this? That's cool. You should still give me some money. Music is cool. Local music is really cool. And I want to be really cool. Dope even. 
So here's the deal. <laughs> I need about $1,000 for the amp. Originally, he wanted a Bogner fish. This has changed. Okay. I need about $1,000 for the amp and EVH 5153 50-watt head. About $700 for a worthwhile cab. That's a speaker cabinet for those not in the know. The rest is sales tax. Why is this Texan? I'm doing this in a Texan accent. Know. He's from Georgia. I'm just going to read the rest You've been all over the map with this. With that, every penny over, does Fundly what are work you doing like that? Now? I let the people who donate vote for what to add to my rig to make some truly unique music. Or bad music, or any music at all. So he's got a bunch of uh, oh, he's man, got a Steve. bunch of dollar goals on. on here that he doesn't explain. He has four supporters, and he has raised ten dollars. Ten dollars already. He has eighty days left to raise eighteen hundred dollars. He actually calculated out that if everybody in our Facebook group donated ten dollars, that he would destroy his goal. I haven't sent him any money yet. I'm not going to send him any money. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, uh, Andrew. But we are putting this out there, so here's a Donate Now by Andrew Thomas. Yeah. Uh, enjoy the song. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> the hum inside my app. Buy me a new one today. Yes, I need a guitar amp because this one has so much noise could buy a noise cake and make it better but don't really want to because it also doesn't sound as good as I want it to so donate today Donate today Is there a fourth chord in this? No way Donate today Okay, I lied, there's a fourth And a fifth And that's all I have for today I did not rehearse this part at all But I could use a new amp so that it would sound better Oh, I could use a new guitar amp
If you buy me a new guitar amp, oh yes, I won't have to parody anymore scary songs. Cause then I'll have a better guitar amp and not miss those chords. And something else compelling, so please.